0: So we're in this series about forgiveness. We've been doing this, this is the third week, so we've been talking about this for a little while. The first week we talked about the fact that God forgives us, right, that we're forgiven by God, that God, um, every sin we, we commit is really a sin against God, but yet God forgives us anyway, that God is a forgiving God. And last week, Ambry came up, and she brought her bag of rocks, and she talked about how when we don't forgive other people, it's like carrying around this bag of rocks, right? It's like a weight that we carry. And it's not punishing them, it's punishing us. And so she talked about the idea of taking those rocks and getting rid of them and removing them. And some of you took rocks last week. Hopefully, you got rid of them. Hopefully, you threw them in a lake. Hopefully, you buried them. Hopefully, you found some way to get rid of them. Um, hopefully, you didn't feed them to an animal because it, it will come back in, in a bad way, all right? So, the rock's still around. Um, but so, we did all that. So, this week, we're talking about a little different topic. We're talking about forgiving yourself because I know when I was in middle school, and probably like a lot of you guys, there were a lot of times where I would do something and I could not let it go, you know? I, I knew I had messed up, and I would just make that, almost make that a part of my personality. Like, I am this mistake. I am this thing that I did. And, and because of that, because I couldn't forgive myself, it began to change the way I looked at myself. And... um. Look at this, that first thing there. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. I think that's because we know ourselves, right? We know why we do things. We know everything we do, even the things that nobody else knows about. And so it's easy for us to hold on to those. We fail or fall into sin, and then we go into a cycle of beating ourselves up and feeling like we can't change. And you guys, I'm going to come back to this again, but you guys need to know you're in a stage in your life where you're changing more than you've ever changed before. Um, you're you're so you're in such a process. I love middle schoolers because the difference between you in sixth grade and you in eighth grade is huge. And it's crazy to watch it every year. And and I love, like, being able to look back at pictures of some of you in sixth grade and then seeing you in eighth grade and ninth grade and tenth grade and, like, watching what God does in your life and watching how you change. And so if we can learn to forgive ourselves, then we will move the direction that God wants us to move, right? If not, and we'll talk about what happens if we don't, but... um, but if not, we're not going to get where God wants us to do now. To go. Now, when we say, why do we not forgive ourselves? I believe the main thing is fear. The main reason is fear. We have fears because a lot of us let fears drive us, right? We let our fears drive us. We have things we're afraid of that we we won't do something because we're afraid to do it, right? Um, I, I know in my life growing up, there were a lot of things that I was afraid of. I was pretty much I was afraid of a lot of things. I was afraid of heights. I was afraid of widths. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was afraid of, uh, like, the dark. I didn't like the dark very much. Uh, there, there, were, there were a lot of things that I was afraid of, but little by little, as I, as I moved into high school and then into college, a lot of those fears went away. I realized I shouldn't have been afraid of those things in the first place. But you know what the crazy thing is? Once I realized I shouldn't have been afraid of those things, then I began to regret that fear kept me away from them. And I think we don't forgive ourselves because we're afraid of some things. And look at this first one. I think we're fear of discovery. We're afraid that if we admit and own up to the thing that we're doing or the thing that we've done, and we forgive ourselves for it, and then someone's going to find out, and it's gonna, we're going to be ruined by it. We're afraid that people will know who we really are. We, we put up fronts, don't we? we? We put on our filters, you know, so that people will see what we want them to see, not who we are. And we're afraid that people will find out, so that's a fear that governs us. Fear of inadequacy is another one. Inadequacy means I don't measure up. And so sometimes we're afraid to forgive ourselves because if we admit that we fall short, if we admit that we're no good at this thing or we've done something bad, then what we're admitting is that we aren't we don't measure up. We're not good enough. Well, the good news is none of us are good enough, right? We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And but the the flip side of that is that God still loves us, and he forgives us. I, I, the last one there is fear of change. Because honestly, like when you forgive yourself, there's an expectation that you're going to do something different from now on, right? Because we, if you're doing something, you have a, a sin in your life, you have a thing in your life that you've done over and over, or something that you've dwelt on for a long time, a regret, an action, a relationship, something that you you regret, you you want to get rid of, you want to forgive yourself for. Understand that when you forgive yourself, you have to change. You have to do something different. And, and and a lot of us don't like to change, right? We get comfortable in a groove and we just keep moving down that groove. And, and we have to learn to change if we want to forgive ourselves. Look at this. Here's a couple of things forgiving doesn't mean. Forgiving doesn't mean denial. It doesn't mean denial. When you forgive yourself for the thing that you've done, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. When you forgive someone else for something they've done to you, you're not saying that that didn't happen. What you're saying is that you're not going to hold on to it anymore. You're not going to let it define who you are. So you're not denying the activity. You're not denying the action. You're just saying, I'm not gonna let that rule me. Look at this. Forgiving also doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Like sometimes I think we we're afraid that we say we we think that if we forgive ourselves, we're saying, I'm I'm perfect, I'm good. And we know we're not, right? And so we kinda hold on to these flaws. That we have in ourselves. But we all do things at different points in our lives. And sometimes we do things not necessarily because we're trying to be mean or we're trying to be bad. We just do something and it's hard to forgive ourselves. I when I was in middle school, I used to play DD all the time with my friend Brad and his brother Todd and my friend Jeff. And my friend Mo, actually his name was Lawrence Chan, but we all called him Mo because he had this bowl, black bowl haircut, and he looked like Mo from the Three Stooges. So so it was me, Mo, uh, Brad, Todd, and Jeff, and we would play D&D, and sometimes Jim Alick too, and we would play D&D on friday nights. And so we the other thing about us all was we all had paper routes. And I know kids don't really have paper routes anymore. But we had paper routes and we'd put our papers in bags and we'd sling them on both sides and we'd ride our bike and throw the papers at the porches. I was really good at it too, you guys. I was really good. And um so one night we were they were at my house. We were staying over and we would sometimes sneak out at night, you know, and do stuff and I told the last group about sneaking out for Dr. Pepper because Brad and Todd were Mormons, so they weren't allowed to have Dr. Pepper. So we'd go out and get some and <laughs> you know, these non-caffeinated Mormons would be like <laughs> Anyway, um, so we we were they were everybody was at my house this time though, and so we were all hanging out, we were playing D and D and this session had gone really long. So it was like four o'clock in the morning. And so we decided it was time, we better go deliver our papers. We all had morning routes. We said, we better go deliver our papers. And so what we would usually do is we would all do all the routes. So it's like five guys riding down the street throwing papers and yelling and being maniacs. But we, we didn't want to stop playing for very long. So I said, let's not do them all together. Let's just go do our routes and come back, and then we can... Finish playing the game, and they were all like, "No, but it's so fun. We should do it together." And I'm like, "No, no. Let's let's do it. Let's do it all separate and and come back." And so, um, what I didn't know was that doing it separate was actually kind of risky. There was a guy in my town who was um, who had tried to grab several paperboys on morning routes. They hadn't said anything. Like, we had seen him, actually, but we didn't know. We had seen him a couple of Saturdays before. We were all riding our bikes, and we saw this guy, and we all just, like, rode away from him. He started kind of running after us, and we just ran rode away because we thought he was drunk or something. We're like, oh, idiot, and we just kept riding. So, anyway, we do the routes. We're doing the routes ourselves um, this morning. And so, everybody gets back to my house except my friend Brad. He's not there. And so, so we wait, we wait, we wait, and um, Brad never comes back. He doesn't show up. And we're like, oh, Brad, you idiot. What are you doing? You know, we're all mad. And so, we we ride our bikes up to Brad's route. I knew Brad's route. I had done it before, so I knew the route. And so we ride up to the route. As we're riding up to the route, we ride past Brad's house, and there are two police cars in the driveway. And so we're like, what's going on? We pull in. First of all, we thought it was cool because there's police cars here, you know. We knew they were Mormons. They didn't do anything bad. So, so we, we were like, what's going on? And we pull in, and they're questioning Brad. This guy had tried to grab him. Um, he had gone down this one, there's one long driveway, and it had like a, a storage shed at the top of it. And the guy had been waiting behind the storage shed. And as Brad went by, he grabbed Brad. Brad was on his bike. He grabbed him, knocked him off his bike, and tried to drag him to a car. Luckily, we all carried um, stool legs. I don't know why we decided stool legs were the best weapons, but we carried stool legs in our bag, and so he, like, started hitting this guy with the stool leg that he had in his bag, and, and the guy let go of him, right? Yeah. So, So, but, but after that, Brad never said anything. No one said anything to me, but... For a long time I felt like that was my fault. Because I was the one who suggested that we we not go together. If we had all been together, that guy, we'd have probably captured him. I mean, we'd have like dogpiled him, beaten him with stool legs. We'd have, we he would have never made it out alive. But but because of that, I mean, I realized like Brad could have been taken. Something terrible could have happened, and I felt like it was my fault. It was a long time. I think we were, we may have been in high school, we may have been later, where I, I mentioned that, that, you know, I felt like that. It was when, when the, he, the guy went to trial, eventually, he got caught, and Brad had to go testify at the trial, and I remember when he did, I said, you know, I always felt like that was my fault. And he's like, I don't, why would that be your fault? He's the idiot that tried to grab me. And I remember that, like, releasing me from that. But I held that over my head, right? And sometimes we do that. We, it's not just sins that we can't forgive ourselves for. Sometimes it's actions that we blame ourselves for that are not really our responsibility. So look at this. Forgiving means trust. When you forgive yourself, you're trusting. And and I know you're like, trusting, that doesn't make any sense. Well, let me just throw this out. First thing you got to think about, God forgives you, right? God forgives you. We talked about that the first week. If you won't forgive yourself, then you're putting yourself in God's place. You're saying, I know better than God. God forgives me, but I don't forgive myself. I'm in charge, not God, right? And because of that, we can't get to where we want to be. Um, look at this Look at this uh, slide. Have you ever done one of these bungee run things, these inflatables, all right? And they have the bungee cord, and you run as far as you can, and you, like, slap the beanbag on the thing, and it yanks you back. And, and the more you commit to that run, the harder the jerk back is going to be, right? <laughs> like, if you really go hard, it's going to be like, wow! And you're gonna go flying back. I I love when I love when somebody tries to put the the bag on like right at the pinnacle of the of the uh, of the bungee, and they they underestimate how hard they're gonna get snapped back. So they go Wah! and the bag just goes flying with them, and they like flip. I love that. Um, it's sad, but I love it anyway. Um, and that's the thing. That's what not forgiving ourselves is like that bungee. It's going to keep yanking us back look, I want to read this passage real quick because Isaiah 55 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because I think it reveals stuff about God that we need to know uh, A lot of times people will talk about God in the Old Testament and they'll say God in the Old Testament was judgmental he was he was he was trying to he was uh, like this dictator and he was cruel and he was you know. Lowering the boom, he's throwing lightning bolts at people and stuff like that. Like, and and sometimes we look at God that way, right? And, and we have this idea that if I mess up, God's going to be mad at me, He's going to hate me, and He's going to punish me severely. But I want you to read the, as we read this. I read it with you. Can follow along with me. This is Isaiah fifty-five. So this is Old Testament. This is judgmental God, right? He says, "Come." You who are thirsty, come to the waters, and and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. How are you going to buy and eat with no money? Because it's free, because he's already paid for it. Isn't that cool? Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Underline this next line. Why spend money on what is not bread? Don't we do that? We give our time and our effort to things that are not going to push us towards God. When we dwell on those shortcomings that we've had, we're, we're not going the direction God's going. We're, we're getting jerked back by that bungee cord over and over. And your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. It's, that's the verse that's on the uh, Tucker on the Impact shirt you're wearing, right? Isaiah 55, 6, right? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have what? Mercy on them. And to our God, and He will freely what? Pardon. That means to forgive utterly. And it says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways." Declare the Lord declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, God's saying, you have trouble forgiving yourself, and you have trouble forgiving people. But when you come to me and you say, "I'm sorry." I, didn't, I shouldn't have done this. I, I want forgiveness. I give it to you. That's what God's saying. And he's saying, I give it to you in a way that you can't give it to yourself and you can't give it to other people because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is not judgmental God waiting for you to mess up so he can strike you, go- strike you down. This is merciful, loving God who wants you to turn back to him so he can forgive you and take that weight off you. He wants you to turn back to him so he can unstrap you from that bungee cord and you can go where he wants you to go. Look at this. If we trust, trust we, we need to trust that God has something better for us because I believe he does. God has something better for you. When you dwell on these things that, that you've done and these shortcomings that you have, then that's what you're going to focus on, not on what the better thing is that God has for you. And I believe for each one of you, God has something better for you than what you imagine for yourself right now. Trust It has another thing that it does. Trust... We need to trust that God can forgive, right? And that's that Isaiah 55 passage. We need to trust that God can forgive. His ways are higher than our ways. We don't want to hold on to our unforgiveness of ourselves because we think God hasn't forgiven us. That's, that's a lie from the devil. That's what the devil wants you to believe, that you can't be forgiven for what you've done. That God will never take you back. It's not true. And the last one, trust that we are constantly moving toward the, that better thing. Trust that you are in a process of moving toward where God wants you. The coolest thing that I've gotten to see, because I've been in student ministry for so long, the coolest thing that I've gotten to see is sixth graders become eighth graders and watch how much change happens. And then watch them become ninth graders, tenth graders, watch them go to college, and watch that process of change. And, and so many times you see, we, when you guys come in and you see yourself as a sixth grader, you think, this is who I am. Maybe you think, I don't measure up. Maybe you think, I'm not special. Maybe you think, this is who I'm always going to be. But like I said, I, I found some old Polaroid pictures the other day, and um, I started pulling them out and looking at them, and I had pictures of my kids. I, I, it's funny, I had a picture of, we have a college intern here named Carson, and I had a picture of her that I took at impact when she was in Orange School, so when she had just finished sixth grade. Now she's like a junior in college. And so I pulled that out, and I was like, this is so cool, this kid had no idea who she was going to be. And for you guys, that's what I want you guys to embrace, that you are moving toward what God has for you. But you will move quicker if you cut that bungee cord. You will move quicker if you realize that you're forgiven and you forgive yourself. You're still going to get where God wants you to get. But I think a lot of the adults in this room can attest to the fact that they've done thing they did things in their life between middle school and getting where God wants them to go that if they hadn't done them they would have gotten there so much quicker. But they kept strapping on this bungee cord and letting it pull them back. I I hope that this this whole series on forgiveness I hope that you guys really take to heart the fact that God can and does forgive you. That that God doesn't want you to carry around the weight of unforgiveness for other people. He wants you to let that go because it doesn't hurt them, it hurts you. And last, that you need to forgive yourself and not, not hold yourself back by uh, concentrating on your failures and your sins and the things that you've done that you feel like define you cuz they don't define you according to God. He will completely pardon. He will utterly forgive. All right. Let me pray for you guys and then we're done. Lord, thank you for each one that's here. Thank you that you forgive us. Thank you that you call us to forgive others and Lord, I just pray that we'll forgive ourselves. Lord, thank you for all you're doing in and through us and all you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen.